Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Camera Podcast, Pubs, Pints and People. Hello and welcome to Pubs, Pints, People and thank you for joining us for this very special one-off episode where I have the pleasure of sitting down with the Pop Culture Brews podcast who are based in Denver, Colorado. I tell you what, it's great to have a collab, isn't it? It We're we're hands across the Atlantic. One of their hosts, Andrew, is British and lives in America. I'm American and live in England. And we just had a really good chat all about American and British beer. So I just thought we could release this as a special episode to coincide with the pubs reopening today. And also, you know, for the American listeners, the 4th of July. Is this like your concept solo album? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going solo, guys. I'm Beyonce. Well, listen, whether you're stateside or over here in Blighty, it is indeed the 4th of July. It's a special day for all of us. So however you're celebrating, we do hope you're celebrating with someone you love and with something you enjoy drinking. Of course, beer. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) And do remember, if you are listening to us and it is not yet the 6th of July, you've still got time to vote for this podcast in the British Podcast Awards. It's really simple, folks. Please head over to British Podcast Awards dot com forward slash vote and uh, the name of the podcast is pubs pints people with a full stop after each word you'll see our little picture there it's a cartoon drawing of matt katie and i and it's very (laughs) simple hit submit and that vote will be registered it means a lot to us and the team so thanks in advance for that and we're going to let you now sit sip and listen to what katie got up to with pop culture brewery learn and discover sitting down with Andrew and Tyler from Pop Culture Brews, which is another fantastic podcast all about beer. Hello, Andrew, and hello, Tyler. Hello. Hello. Can you tell us what Pop Culture Brews is all about? Pop Culture Brews is a twice a month podcast, and really what we do is we just take pieces of pop culture we love, whether it's a book, movie, music, something that people kind of cling to, and we do deep dives into it. We go into the history, the impact, and Sometimes we totally talk around the subject. At the end of it, we reveal to the audience the beer that we were inspired to brew by it. Do you brew a beer for every episode? We do. We do. And sometimes we brew two beers, depending on how deep the episode is. <laughs> like we just released our Avengers episode, and because that's such a big topic, we did two beers for that. Mm-hmm. 
That is like serious prepping for a podcast. I can see why you do it twice a month <laughs> instead of every week. That's a lot of work. Yeah, we keep our seasons short, like seven to eight episodes, just so we can kind of plan the next batch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have to plan the brews quite in advance of the topics that you cover then? Because some beers might take longer? For the most part, we kind of average 10 days from when we first brew through when the beer is done and then kegging, you know, it can take a couple days to get up to the CO2. So I guess it's about two weeks. Yeah, you know, two, if we two do to it, three. A quick turnaround. But we also have episodes like we are doing a barrel project. So that one is going to be much longer. Like we, that probably won't be ready until January-ish yeah. Uh, yeah. time frame. What pop culture topics have you covered so far? One, we did Spinal Tap, which was an 11% stout for Ooh. the movie This is Spinal <laughs> Tap, which, which was a lot of fun, which weirdly was one of our quicker turnarounds because we only came up with it the night before we brewed it mm-hmm. uh, over <laughs> wow. text. And then Tyler did a Mai Tai for the movie Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, and that one got a second place at a local homebrew competition, so that, that one what, was naturally what my does favorite. A, how does a Mai Tai beer work? <laughs> It has like orange zest in it. Basically, when you make the tincture, you make sure that you use some of the liquors that you use in a Mai Tai. So there's Cointreau, there's rum, and there's like coconut rum as well. I yeah. love when, when we brewed it. beers. <laughs> <They're> so much fun. <laughs> when, when we brewed it, we ended up making Mai Tais. And yeah, my wife had to come and pick me up that day. <laughs> if you can pick it up, I'm American and I've been living in England for about nine years. And Andrew is English and has been living in America for 13 years. So we've decided that we must have the same accent. <laughs> Fall somewhere in the middle. <laughs> How have you found the, I guess, the beer scene changing over from England to America? It's kind of a funny story because I remember when I was on the flight to move here. And because the beers I liked were typically imported things like Guinness and, and things like that. I was like, well, I'm resigning myself to a life of bad beer. <laughs> how dare you? How dare I? Like Coors and Budweiser, yeah, which, yeah. you know, have to say, very difficult to brew. Mm. But living in Colorado has just been absolutely amazing because Colorado, and Portland will disagree with me, is the Napa Valley of beer. And we have so many, um, so many great breweries, Uh, even the bigger craft ones like New Belgium was absolutely a gateway for Mm -hmm. me. Around that time, I discovered Stone, which is my personal favorite out of California. But I got into homebrewing as my kind of education of beer was really expanding beyond like the light lagers that you get in a bar for three bucks. So going out suddenly became a lot more expensive, but the beer got a lot better. The other thing I really love going back and forth between America and the UK is the ABV jump that you just go. Oh my word. (laughs) We average at four to five percent and then in America, light beers are around six, aren't they? Yeah. I think on average they're about seven percent. Yeah. If you go to a craft brewery here, there's only probably one beer that's below five. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, five yeah. or below. I, I went to a brewery <laughs> the other day for Father's Day, and they were like, "Yeah, we specialize in sessionable beers." I'm going down the ABV, and it was like the top one was six, and nothing was below <laughs> five point four. And I'm like, "I don't think you understand the word sessionable." Session. <laughs> <laughs> 
And their Kolsch was even like 7%. Yeah, it's a good oh Kolsch though. I love the crazy flavors over there. So you're making me very nostalgic <laughs> mentioning this Mai Tai beer and the Imperial yeah. Stout. What, can you tell us some other exciting and interesting beers that you've brewed yourselves? I would say my signature beer that I, I made for years before starting the podcast was my Earl Grey Lemon Wheat. Um, which was originally titled a Benedict Arnold Palmer because I thought that was really funny. <laughs> um, and that was probably my signature that I, I probably brewed that more than anything because it's just a great, in the summer it's light and refreshing, mm. but even in the winter you get kind of that tea mm. um, kind of coziness. For our Watchmen episode, the Watchmen episode, yeah, I brewed a triple IPA and I only whirlpooled the hops and so it's just a burst of floral flavor and it's just really really outgoing as a beer which is really like i just really love that beer (laughs) i've uh, brewed a mojito beer as well but we haven't done an episode for that one yet do you want to say how many ounces of hops were in that i think you're gonna have to remind me because i don't know they're off like 16 it was yeah 16 to 18 (laughs) somewhere in there i I don't know what that converts to into real measurements but um (laughs) for the british audience but it's a lot yeah we're recording our american episode actually this week and the whole episode is pretty much hops america hops ipa (laughs) (laughs) it's all about the ipa (laughs) well and, and it's funny because we go to when we go to local breweries i always gravitate towards getting like the british style beer and there's very few breweries that get it right and obviously there's a whole host of reasons that go into it the water's different maybe they're using american grain but part of my theory is we even when they're using british hops they're hopping it like an american beer which is way more hop heavy than uh, even a British IPA. Like you're, you're only looking at maybe two ounces of hops in that. I'm extraordinarily spoiled. I actually have a, a nitro system, so I'm able to make sort of real ales, seeing as this is the camera podcast, in that I can make British beers as best I can and sort of emulate the cask pull, but obviously it's not as correct as having a proper cask pull pint, but it's kind of closer to Boddington's. So a really amazing beer I had recently is Brew Dogs. They've got like a nitro imperial stout. I don't actually understand what nitro actually does to the beer. So... Is, there, is, is there a layman's <laughs> explanation? Yeah, I, I can absolutely explain it. So actually what I have is beer gas. And what beer gas is, it's a blend of 25% CO2 and then 75% nitrogen. Nitrogen doesn't actually get absorbed into the beer. When you're drinking a cask-pulled ale, Mm-hmm. That is naturally carbonated, still in the cask, live fermentation, and you actually put using oxygen to pull that up, which is why that's not carbonated, say something like an American beer, a Budweiser or something. With Budweiser or a lot of American craft beers, certainly American IPAs, they're infused with CO2, and so that's where those bubbles come from. And if you do bottle conditioning, that's what that extra bit of sugar at the end of brewing does, is it's actually creating CO2 in a pressurized environment so what nitro does you carbonate the beer to just below i think what you would normally carbonate and then you use the nitro to push it through at a much higher rate than you would a co2 beer and in the in the tap there's a diffuser plate which is actually stripping out the co2 as best it can it makes for a much smoother silkier 
drinking yeah yeah because it's a really tasty effect nitro beer is something actually that i do see a lot in the states and actually haven't haven't seen much over here at all and obviously we've got cask beers quite big over in england but not picked up so much in the states are there any other i guess beer styles or types of brewing in america that isn't talked about or done over in england they do sours uh, i don't do you do sours we do sours they're becoming more popular i'm not a huge sour fan so more more than just lambics because i know that lambics yeah. can sometimes lambics come off as sour, sour well and sourness. um berliner weiss are technically sours as that's well that's true that's technically yeah yeah i mean i think sours are a big thing wild sours yeah. are a huge wild thing where they do just open containers and let yeast and all other kinds of thing from the air drop in and when i say it's getting bigger over here i mean that in like the very small beer geeky <laughs> groups that i operate in i don't think most of the average oh, we, person on the have... street goes near a sour we have sour only breweries. Yeah. There's a yeah. brewery here in Denver called Crooked Stave, and all they do is sour beers. I was um, so happy when they started doing regular beers because I do not do sours. And I've never actually brewed a sour because I've read that it will mess with your equipment if you, or your fermentation tanks if you I, don't I have do it properly. accidentally. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. All right, I've never brewed a sour beer on purpose. I, I'll, I'll I'll fix that. But I think the other there's a, like a war being waged between IPA fans and New England IPA oh, fans yeah, that's right now, thing. which is a huge thing. So which, which is basically the main like a difference juicy... between like the yeah the New England versus the other types of IPAs. New England IPAs are a lot juicier. They I think that they focus a lot more on the floral aspects of a hop, and so. Most New England IPAs, you're doing a lot of whirlpooling, which is you throw in hops after you're done boiling. You get your wort down to a certain temperature, usually about 125, and then you throw in just a ton of hops into that whirlpool, and you stir it, and you stir it, and you stir it for like 20 minutes. Instead of bittering, then that becomes more of a floral aspect. IPA fans will say, well, it's not really an IPA because it's not bitter, and Mm. this just tastes like juice. There's no like alcohol flavor it's like if you go out to a bar and order like a cosmo or something versus like <laughs> drinking straight gin or you know yeah, or yeah. straight whiskey or straight whiskey like so many so much additions added to yeah type things yeah. yeah exactly there's a brewery that loves to play with adjuncts here called Weldworks, and they do a lot of new england's and then they'll throw in fruit puree or a variety of uh, flavors to like really bring up the fruitiness or bring up the adjunctivitis as some people call it have you guys been over for the great british beer festival or have you been to the great american beer festival before Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i've never actually done the great british beer festival and i will say and and if i'm wrong please contradict me when i left i left in 2008 i would say beer wasn't that big a thing in britain outside of going to the pub or a spoons Mm. but it certainly wasn't a for want of a better word it wasn't like a culture yet great american beer festival yeah i've done it seven times <laughs> i've done it my first year was 20 uh, i want to say 2012 so yeah. eight eight years i think that was the first year oh, I seven did years too. this would have been eight yeah this would be eight yeah, yeah. i think that's my dream <laughs> it it oh, it's amazing it, it, it sounds absolutely crazy. fantastic <laughs> Well, and so we're we're very lucky because the GABF is actually in Denver. Yeah, And that's Colorado awesome. is the, like, birthplace of homebrew with Charlie Papazian. Mm. And, yeah, it is. I remember the first year I went, and all I could equate it to is when I was a kid, I went to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like Disney World, but I had a hella hangover the next day. <laughs> 
is it running this year? No. Well, they're well, doing yeah. a virtual one, which we're, we're interested to see how that looks. I did get an email from another beer festival where what they were doing was, I think it was $15, and they would do online webinars, seminars, all of that good stuff. And But they would ship like 18 beers to you if you lived in certain states, and we weren't one of the states, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So I'll be, I'll be interested if they take a page out of that book. But, I mean, it is ridiculously huge. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to be able to make GABF a virtual experience just because of how many beers are just available for your selection. Like yeah. they, If they sent you 50 beers, you're still under you're what still your missing normal, out uh, yeah. <laughs> what your normal intake is <laughs> yeah i i was lucky last year because i got to volunteer with a now defunct but local brew shop and they were a nano brewery which means they were brewing like on a one barrel system mm-hmm. and it was great because the thursday night i got to go volunteer for a little bit wander around and try a bunch of beers and then i went back on the saturday for the members only session for the american homebrewers association and then try all the other beers i missed out on and I was like, wow, two sessions is the way to go. Yeah, I really <laughs> wish I could do two sessions. I mean, $75 a pop, though, it can add up really quick. Is, yeah. is it that much to yeah. get in? Wow. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the reduced rate as AHA members. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's quite steep. Yeah. <laughs> Makes yes. uh, GBBF's 20 quid look pretty good. <laughs> how, how big is that beer festival? So we've got about 1,000 beers under one roof, which I think is the biggest you'll get over here, but pretty yeah. small compared to the American version because America always takes it to that next level. <laughs> but We're it's... quite a bit larger. <laughs> yeah. Just a chat. And are they all like, literally british beers well we've got like a belgian bar and we have an american beer Mm. bar as well so the brewers association sends over barrels of beer from america and we send barrels from england back over for their festival so we've got a nice little swap most years oh very nice Um, i think that they're keeping those barrels because i haven't seen them anywhere in nigeria (laughs) (laughs) because it is one of the only ways to actually get american beers over here because unless they've really entered the market it's not like you can get them online or you can get them from bottle shops they're just like not around what are your favorite beers we usually do like a desert island beer bit so what would be the one beer you'd have forever is it on a desert island (laughs) (laughs) because that's changing things i don't think a chocolate port is gonna make or island or siberia let's let's go i can drink porter anytime my favorite thing andrew ever said on one of our podcasts we did a dracula episode He was in the mic and he was talking about how serious he was about how this blood, blood orange, orange Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen is just such a great Christmas beer. <laughs> and like in Colorado, it's negative 20 degrees outside or, you know, yeah. below 32 Fahrenheit. And I'm like, that is literally the opposite beer that I imagine being a Christmas beer. <laughs> but it's got blood oranges in it. Come on. I don't know. I mean, I think if we were to go with like beers we have brewed, it would either be, I got to say, it'd either be Tyler's Mai Tai or the Grapefruit Ruby Rod, which um, <laughs> we did for the Fifth Element, which is funny because I hate grapefruit beers. Um, <laughs> but his was just so, so good. If we were doing commercially available beers, I honestly don't know. Like a sentimental part of me wants to say Guinness. I love Guinness. My commercial beer, there's a brewery out of uh, Longmont called Left Hand, uh, Longmont, Colorado, and they're a milk stout. 
and they're on nitro and they put it in a glass and you just dump that thing hard and it just has that it's actually like guinness if it had flavor i was about to say you just chose the colorado guinness no no <laughs> this milk stout actually has flavor to it it is not dry whoa <laughs> um, this no. podcast is over <laughs> no the, the milk stout is always like a go-to beer for me if i'm like at a bar and usually in colorado it's that beer and then like a bunch of uh, domestics and yeah. so i always mm. go with the milk stout but from ours i'd probably pick your boondock saints oh thank you that one was phenomenal and then your i'm teasing another episode but your jurassic park red oh the tyrannosaurus yeah, red. yeah i would drink that every day <laughs> the um boondock saints was a jameson lemon cream ale and so <laughs> oh we God. made a an american cream ale we had like one or two lemon peels in mm -hmm. the end of the boil and then we soak oak chips in jameson and so when it was done fermenting we put those in there for three or four days and it was like a beer hot toddy wow <laughs> yeah yeah it's phenomenal <laughs> but cream ale is i've heard a few times in america as well but it's not something i've oh. heard very much over here as a style oh. what makes a I cream ale I always assumed that was a British thing. No, well, see, Maybe cream, ale you mean, did it. cream ale means <laughs> something different something in Britain because Boddington's is a cream ale. Oh, okay. And I believe that's because Boddington's is on nitro, so it has that very creamy oh. head and everything. Oh, okay. Whereas a cream ale in America, do you have blondes in yes. in, in Britain? Yeah. So it's kind of like a blonde, but lighter than, it's not as light as a lager, Mm -hmm. or a pilsner uh, or a pilsner but it's only slightly less light than a blonde and essentially really what you're making is i would say and i'm sure some beer experts will yell at me for saying this you are essentially making a lager but with ale hops and ale yeast yeah but your grain bill is very very light yeah you're not cold crashing you're not cold crashing they turn to run light so you know eight nine percent by amount <laughs> no they, they tend to run light like four and a half five horribly refreshing in the summer like they're just wonderful and they're also a style that you can really like tinker with if you get a good base beer because i use that same base beer for the vanilla cream ale we did for ghostbusters mm -hmm. so i'm actually drinking a chai cream ale that we we're doing for a future episode on june and it was a different base beer but still very very light okay. and then we threw 10 tea bags of chai in it and let that sit for <laughs> three American or four beer. days. Yeah. <laughs> say that again. I, I will say the biggest difference between Britain and European beer and American beer is tradition. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like in Britain and Europe, it's like we have these traditions, we make these great beers, why would we or you're making these very hearty multi beers whereas mm. the american tradition is great how can we do something else to it how can we become unique and individualized pretty much which mm. sums up american culture as a whole <laughs> <laughs> they had a really nice beer last time i was in america which was a stout with ice cream in it <laughs> so Ooh. that was uh, one of my favorites too well that's like adding lactose right so that'd be yeah. like a milk yeah. stout that's yeah. a milk stout yeah, yeah. that sounds great. amazing 
that milk stout that I was talking about from Left Hand, if you put like two scoops of vanilla ice cream in a pint glass with it, oh, oh gosh. Yeah, oh. that's a good float, actually. Yeah, that's my well, desert beer right there. Tyler and I have <laughs> With issues. the ice cream. <laughs> we, we have a problem. Has the attitude towards American beer changed over the past decade, or is it still very kind of snobby towards it? Because I remember being in Britain, like, you would not bring an American beer to a party. <laughs> I might be biased, but no, I <laughs> I think the, well, the American craft beer bar at GBBF is always the busiest bar. It, it, everything gets sold really quickly. So I do think there is actually a big appetite for it. I think just because it's the flavors, the styles are so novel, the ABV is so novel and different. <laughs> so it, I, I do think there's a huge appetite for it. But as I said, it's just not something that you find very often. So you might get, you, you know, Sam Adams in some pubs and I'm like okay cool but <laughs> there's, you won't you should get. have just seen Tyler's face <laughs> <laughs> exactly and I like Sam Adams <laughs> oh one beer that I was literally like crying about when I moved over here and this was even before I became like a beer snob the shipyard pumpkin head oh I love with that with the cinnamon uh... <laughs> and the sugar rim and there's just oh. I was just like trying to find some kind of pumpkin beer mm, and I still mm-hmm. have I still haven't found one to be honest and I was just if like, you make your own just make a chai cream ale you'll be fine yeah oh, i was just yeah. like Can, guys you need to frost the glass you need to put the sugar on it and everyone's just looking at me like i'm crazy yeah. <laughs> these americans who just won't put sugar in everything <laughs> i think i think we found our new uh location for the pop cultures brewery which uh, yeah. is in England. katie's we, house we gotta go to K- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spring beer is cool. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest differences, I and I even did this because I, I moved here when I was 24, is certainly the younger people, when they go to a bar and they turn 21 and get drinks, you look at the beer menu in almost this order of ABV price style. They get the highest ABV for the lowest Yeah, price. they're like, all right, this is 9%, but it's $8, but it's only 10 <laughs> ounces. So, yeah, it's and I did that too. You can like, see people yeah, doing yeah. math in their head. That was really, really interesting. And I'm so super jealous that you're in America right now drinking all these and ma- drinking and making all of these beers. If you go to the show notes of our podcast, we actually list all of the recipes that we make in there. Ah, amazing. So I can actually have American beers again. You if really I just can. make them. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. This is, this is opening it. a new door. So that is yeah. Pop Culture. Search for on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Pop Culture Brews. Pop Culture Brews. Thank you so much for yeah. joining, guys. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program. How does a free case of beer sound? Yes, you can grab a case for free courtesy of our pals at Beer52 by going to www.beer52.com forward slash people. That's the numbers 52 in the 52 and covering the meagre postage cost of £5.95. And what's more, as a special offer for our listeners, they'll throw in two extra beers for free. So that's 10 unique craft beers. Beer52 is actually the biggest beer club in the world. Each month, they send their members a case of beer from a different part of the world, and this month it's an absolute belter. Their great European road trip case takes in the best beers from across the continent. So try a crisp, refreshing Pilsner from Norway's Lervig Brewery and a monster 7.5 double IPA from Sweden's Derges Brewery. On the dark side this month, there's a smooth stout from Copenhagen's Tool. There's also beer from Croatia... Poland, Germany, Serbia and Austria, among others. And if dark beer's not your thing, you can choose the light-only case. Also included is the ever-insightful Ferment magazine and a couple of tasty snacks. And even if, after all that, you're still unsatisfied, you can simply pause or cancel at any time. So head over to www.beer52, that's the numbers 5 and 2, dot com forward slash people to claim your free case of 10 beers now.